A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. It is a beautiful fall day here in Charleston. It's good. Nice I, and crisp. I actually had to turn on the heat for a hot minute before yeah. you came just to kind of get the chill out yeah, of the house. it's good. It's nice. I love it. We have a couple of comments from previous episodes that I wanted to bring up. My first one was, remember in last episode, we talked about the two people, Sorrel, Sorrel, the two people who got married who yes. had the last name? Yes. A very savvy listener responded to that and said, Eleanor Roosevelt didn't have to change her name either. She was FDR's third cousin. Right. And her name was Eleanor Roosevelt. Before she was Eleanor Roosevelt? Yes. Really? So she was, was that Eleanor. Her name? She was Eleanor Roosevelt Roosevelt? Yes. Really? And it's funny because I knew that. I've read the man's biography, I no but clue. I had forgotten. And she was like, Your beloved President Roosevelt. I'm like, Yes, he is. <laughs> One of my favorites. So isn't that funny? So uh-huh. third cousins. Okay. It's fine. I had heard that they were cousins, some related somehow. Uh huh. Third yeah. cousins. There yeah. You, there you have All it. All right. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Yeah, because Teddy Roosevelt was her uncle. Something, Something like Because like, he walked her down right. the aisle. I okay. do also know that. Okay. Then somebody sent a little message on Facebook with their favorite line from last week's episode. Yeah. And it was one of yours. It said, <laughs> monkey suit, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> that was their favorite line? Yes, that's what you I said. I said, monkey suit, I want one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what Which, is a monkey suit? It's a three-piece suit. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Oh, right? I remember. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is a good one. And speaking of yes. suit, we have another listener who was like, oh, you probably know this, but... But, and I did not know this, so this very wonderful follower, her name is Emily Kirk, and she messaged me just on Tuesday and said, Hi, just listened to your latest podcast, and I, like so many others, I'm sure, was so curious to learn more about Billy's career. You've probably already seen this, but he is mentioned in an article with some pretty prominent names in fashion. So amazing. And then she goes on to say how awesome we are, which... Thank you, Emily. Thank you, we Emily. love that. Oh, and she also mentioned that she's an immigrant to the United States, mm-hmm. and she feels like she's learned so many interesting things about mm-hmm. the history of this country. Love it. So look at us, education. <laughs> <laughs> but this article was from a magazine called Pathfinder on March 21st of 1951. Yeah. 
The headline says, Fashion's soul is still in Paris. Why Americans pay $1,000 to look at a new dress. There's an intangible something here, sighed Miss Janet Walsh last month in Paris. Mrs. Walsh, buyer for the 28 shop at Marshall Field, Chicago, was referring to something as elusive as the shadow of a fold, yet powerful enough, she said, to determine the dress of most every American woman. It might be a silhouette which would be translated in America into the curve of a collar or the sweep of a skirt. Whatever form it took, it was still French and important. Most of the nearly 400 buyers, fashion editors, and manufacturers who took in this year's spring collection would agree that the body of Dame Fashion may have been moved to New York, but her soul still dwells in Paris. It all goes on to say, In the fashion houses of Paris are counted as closely as the seamstresses count their stitches, and they total 105, but only 40 are, quote, name houses. Of these, 11 will determine the seasonal whims. And it lists the, these top 11. It's Christian Dior, Balenciaga, those are huge names yeah. still, Schiaparelli, Jean Levan, Jacques Fath, Pierre Ballman, Marcel Rojas, or Roche, I don't think French has a hard ch, Rojas, which is where Billy worked at Marcel Rojas. In Paris? In Paris. And then a couple others whose names I don't recognize. But it says, in a land which encourages bizarre originality, it is not surprising that all 11 broke in as amateurs. Fath, who locks himself up for one month to create a collection and uses his own body at times for draping fabrics, was once a financier of the French equivalent of Wall Street. Schiaparelli, the only woman member of the Big Eleven, used to do Italian translations and started making her own clothes because she couldn't afford others. Then in all red, it says, Man from Missouri. Mm. Chaparelli is not the only foreigner among them. Bill Underwood, who designed the whole spring Rojas collection this year, is a recent import from Bell, Missouri. Uh. Bill, 32, started sewing for his sister when he was 13 and left college after flunking French. (laughs) (laughs) He is the only American in the group. The other non-Frenchmen are Castillo, Lanvin's Desire, and Balenciaga, both superstitious Spaniards. Balenciaga for example, personally sews stitch for stitch one dress in each collection. So let's just wow. be, and then the whole rest of the article is about Christian so Dior. He was a big, big wig. Yes, he is. He knew Balenciaga. That's amazing. He knew Christian oh Dior. Sure. They okay. So this article is saying oh, there wow. are 105 fashion houses in Paris. Mm-hmm. Eleven determine the fa- fashion all over the world. Yeah. It's like that famous scene from The Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. where she's like, "It's not just blue; it's cerulean blue," and the blah blah blah, and tells a story about how what she picks for her magazine will determine what's in the bargain mm-hmm. basement bin. And that's what this article is saying. Wow, the exact really? same stuff. So this is in. He's still living in Paris. This is 1951. He's not home yet. I bet it was an article like this that got him that job in New York, Uh, designing cocktail dresses and wedding gowns and bridesmaids dresses for the rest of his life. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he is who did Elizabeth's hair. In one of the top 11 fashion houses. And he just showed up with $28 in his pocket. He had the American dream, but in Paris. 
Gosh, isn't that cool? Very. So thank, thank you, you Emily, Emily, so much for sending this in. That was great. That was really cool. And then one other quick thing. As I'm writing episode 26, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead. And remember how Elizabeth had a teacher named Mrs. Reams? Yes. She was her music teacher. Yes. They got real close. And in the tw- episode 26, Elizabeth mentions that she gets a letter from Joan Ream, who is Miss Reams' sister. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I got you. I got a first name. Right. So I found Joan, and oh. then I found then her found sister, Marion. Okay. Marion Reams was born in April of 1909. Her father was a farmer, and then he became the bank president and postmaster of the town they lived in. In 1920, Marion's mother dies of some disease I can't read on her death certificate because of someone's awful cursive handwriting. So all you people who come at me go, cursive is important. Cursive is important if you have beautiful penmanship. Right. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're a doctor, uh, it doesn't work for me. But Marion became a teacher. She taught in a lot of different places in Missouri, including Bell in 1935. Uh But finally, in 1940, she will marry Wilbert Robbins of Warrensburg, Missouri. He owned a welding operation. And I don't know anything else about her. I don't know if she had children or what, but I do know she died in 1993. So we finally have a name for lovely Miss Reams. The teacher. Marion. And now, here we go. Hi. I'm Donna from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Welcome. Okay, so last week, uh, April 24th, let's see what's going on. Oh, Elizabeth turned 18 years old and wanted to know how she would... Uh, show her authority. (laughs) And it was a very uneventful birthday for her because last year she had gotten a purse and a compact from Bill. We spent a lot of time along Main Street talking... (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> about people dyeing their hair and Bill getting smoke in his That's hair. That's quite and the main street. You know, I'm editing these videos for Facebook and everything, and I'm really getting into these buildings. There oh, were like cool. 20 buildings, and I'm labeling them all. Oh, And you know, neat. today you can, of course, get on Google and go to street maps. So yes, yes. it's pretty amazing that we can, you know, do all this research and just fly into Alvarado Street and see bird songs and all this stuff. You know, um, someone had reached out to to us on our Facebook who owned a business on Alvarado Street a really? couple of years ago. Oh. And I wonder if she has stories uh, to share about maybe uh-huh. some of the old timers in town. But I love that it do- hasn't really changed it, that it much. It really hasn't. That's lovely. And I was cross-referencing it yesterday I, into the weeds with the overhead shot from 1955, the postcard from 1910, and yeah. then today's Google Earth. Oh, and cool. I can, and I was literally <gasps> putting them on top of each other to see which buildings were there and which weren't. Oh, my. I've literally spent three hours doing that. Oh, honey. (laughs) Just because it's really neat what's there and what's not. Anyway. Oh, that's so cool. So everything is kind of gearing up for graduation. And she's still doing some plays, and we're meeting some of the last people in town. Oh, we had that report of someone faked their father's death and went yeah. around collecting money and yeah, then got that hammered. Good. That was hilarious. There were a lot of incidences where she talked about having her picture made in her cap and gown, and yeah, we don't have we a just single don't one of them. Have one. You know, it makes me wonder because. 
Pam, your cousin, has all those boxes that belong to her dad that haven't been unboxed. They could be old souvenirs of Dean's. It could have a mm-hmm. picture. Helen's family, I haven't been able to get in contact mm-hmm. with at all. Who knows what Helen had that they might have saved. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, God, we're but always on like the that. lookout for, listen, you know, if you're a listener who has any clues, we're always looking for photos, yeah, whether it's on. of buildings, anything. It, for sure, for sure. Bess got a farewell handkerchief party uh, from the friends. Oh, those good looking boys came around trying to sell magazines and ended up getting arrested later that day. (laughs) I I think it was kind of an accident because they did get released. And then we said farewell to Bill. Bill had a very tragic life. Life. And it was it made it you know it's so funny because Billy and Bill were the big names in, mm-hmm. in Bell, which is yeah Billy and Bill no. yeah um, and Billy had such wonderful success and mm. a wonderful life a European life and poor Bill must have struggled with his mental health mm-hmm. and got married several times but. He isn't your grandfather, so we're on the hunt. She moves right to Marble Hill. She, day one, meets this cute boy she calls Brother Hopkins. We're trying to figure out who he is. She starts dating a boy named Bob. So she jumps in, and Francis is dating people mm-hmm. and they're making their way in Marble Hill. And that's where we wrapped up at the end of May. So now let's see what's happening in June. June 1st, 1935. Bob and Ward Farley came by. I went with them. We hung around after a lot of dilly-dallying. We got Miss Tyler, went to a dance at the park over at Cape. Had a grand time. So I don't know why Ward's coming around unless he's taken out Francis. But Ward Farley was Mm -hmm. born in 1911, and his dad was a cable man for the telephone company and will end up doing that job his entire life. So Ward will follow in his footsteps. After he returns from World War II, where he achieved the rank of staff sergeant, he married a girl named Mary Bradham right before he went to war in 1937. And when he comes back, they live in St. Louis, and he's also working for the phone company. I can't find out anything after that, whether they had children or anything. And Ward dies in 1988. But I do not have access yet to the Banner Press. I'm right. working on it, y'all. It's coming. It's the Marble Hill newspaper. Exactly. And until I get there along Main Street, I don't know a lot of town <laughs> gossip. But I did, you know, just randomly look for Marble Hill news. Yeah. And there was an on this day that was interesting because on February 4th, a man named Loy Williams Skipper had escaped the jail in Bollinger County. Bollinger. And he, Bollinger. Oh, it's Bollinger? Yeah. Oh, Bollinger. thank. Okay, yeah. Bollinger. I can get that right. Bo- Bo- yeah. yeah, he escaped by dropping through a hole that was used as a furnace pipe. He somehow managed to remove the iron bars from it, mm. drop down it. Then he stood on a box and put the iron bars back as best he could so he wouldn't well, be caught for nice. a while. Mm-hmm. What thoughtful of him, yeah. really, because someone else could have fallen That's in. Right. And he made it all the way to Arkansas, and there had been a manhunt on this guy since February, and they caught him on June 1st. In Marble Hill? No, they caught him in Arkansas, and brought him back to Bollinger County where oh. he could finish out his sentence. <laughs> so an escaped convict right. had been brought back to town. That had to be like, wow, seriously, big news. And you know, somebody sent us an email, which actually I misunderstood the first time I read it. I thought she was being critical of us, but mm-hmm. she was trying to make a point. She said that Elizabeth only writes about what she does and how she feels. Yes. It's not that she doesn't care about what's going on around her, but we, you and I have always speculated, why doesn't she write mm-hmm. an escaped convict was yeah. brought back to town? And I was keeping a diary like when the Pope got shot. 
uh-huh. and when the hostages were in Iran, yeah, you know, when Jimmy and, Carter was president, and, I didn't mention that. Yeah, see, all yeah. I cared about was is Mark Twilla going to look at me in school today, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, dear. So it makes a lot of yeah. sense. But yes, yeah, so she was really smart to say, like, well, it's frustrating, you know. It is a little you, bit. You just want to say, Elizabeth, write about the convict. Come yes, on. Yes, yeah, you tell us about it. what you think about what's yeah. going on in town. But sometimes we, she didn't. She did not. We'll get a little of that as she gets older, but mm-hmm. not right now. Yep. June 2nd, 1935. After dinner, we went to see Mary Ellen. Unk and Bob were in the cafe. We sat there all afternoon, worked a crossword puzzle. When we started to leave, Bob called me off. We talked a long time. He thought I had another date. After supper, Lyman and Clint Yaunt came by. I went out and talked with them and Francis. Bob and Ted came. Bob was mad. Hmm. Okay, so I'm thinking Bob's coming on a little strong yeah, here. Like She's only been here a couple weeks. They've mm-hmm. had a few dates, and he's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. Like, are you talking to that guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what I feel about Bob, okay. but Bob's sticking around, so we'll pay attention to him for a while. But I could find Clint Yaunt. He was born in 1913 and was one of seven children. His fa- This is so interesting. His father was a circuit-riding Methodist minister. So that meant he would travel from place to place. And these jobs were really hard because sometimes these Methodist ministers would travel hundreds of miles a week going from town to town to preach the gospel, to save souls. It was exhausting and difficult because once you got to town, you had to find someone to house you. You had to find food. You had no money. And if you got to town and they're like, we don't like your kind here, mm-hmm. then it, it's it's hard work. Uh-huh. So unfortunately, it didn't turn out so well for Mr. Clint Yaunt, because his dad was struck by lightning. Oh, no. And died a couple of days after he got Ooh. struck. Mm. Maybe the good Lord was upset about something he did. Because yeah. <laughs> we always make that, like, every time we I go know. to church and my brother comes, we're always like, don't sit too close to me. Because <laughs> he never really goes to church. And we're yeah. like, if lightning's going to strike anyone, it's, it's you, Jonathan, you go sit over there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how I- ironic that he yeah. got struck by lightning and he was out trying to do the Lord's work. Wait, was that Clint or his father? Clint's dad. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets struck by lightning, leaving a wife and seven kids. Ah, uh, yeah. That's pretty rough. So after his dad dies, Clint does whatever he can to uh-huh. help raise money for the family. He got his chauffeur's license at the age of 16 and became a truck driver. And that would be his occupation along with farming for the rest of his life. But even more interesting, as a teenager, Clint played baseball and was actually expecting to try out for the St. Louis Browns as a pitcher. Wow. But he got a shoulder injury and it kept him out of it. Wow. He ends up being drafted. He's a private in the 223rd Engineers Company and started serving from 1942 until 1945. He was awarded a Bronze Star. That's a big deal. Mm. He also received a Good Conduct Medal and four overseas bars. This man was Mm, a hero. Yeah. I mean, he, and still to only be a PFC. That's odd. Hmm. Maybe that was just um, from a previous thing that I had seen. Surely he made it past private, uh, especially with a bronze star. But before he shipped off to war, he did marry Mildred Kirkpatrick. And I think we've met her sister, Wilma 
Okay. Or maybe Wilma marries Wilma. into her family. Uh-huh. Um, but nonetheless, once he does come home, he they have three children, but he dies in 1975. Oh. So a little too young for Clint, but bless his heart. And before Elizabeth arrives in Marble Hill, there was an article in the paper that the Yonts had lost a family member. William Yont, 25 years old, a half-brother of Clint, died Friday in a hospital in Kansas. The injuries were sustained in a car crash. Oh. I know. No, isn't that sad? But this young man, Yant, who died, was a foreman at the CCC camp in Kansas. Oh, wow. So, yeah, bless his heart. He was on his way to visit a friend in the hospital when the accident occurred. I know. So that's so sad. But that's the Yant family. And I was um, talking to Mark before we started broadcasting. Broadcasting. Well, whatever. (laughs) Hey. <laughs> that, you know, now that we're freshly in Marble Hill and we don't have a banner press, this is a good time to get to know the community. What I find really interesting is that she meets people and she'll call them by their first and last name. And I can't find half of them on the census. Hmm. So I don't understand how Marble Hill yeah. worked as a town because Bell seems like you've got the Riddenhours, the Wallaces, uh-huh. the Terrells, the Underwoods. These are established families. I can't figure out who these people are interesting. in Marble Hill other than the Hopkins, Charles Hopkins owned the general store and Mm -hmm. there's you know a lot of information about him online Um, but i can't find who the other prominent really people are because i don't have a paper but for now maybe we'll get to know some people and once i get the paper i can find some tea to share with them (laughs) june 3rd 1935 francis and i went to the ball game got mary ellen unk sat in the car with us came home and francis decided to go to the medicine show we took helen Bob came around. We talked behind the car. Gee, I don't know whether I like him or not. (laughs) Follow those instincts, girl. We don't know if we like him or not either. Hey, I got a message just today, so I didn't have time to add it to this podcast. One of our listeners, she said her daughter's great-grandfather, so maybe her husband's great-grandfather or grandfather, was a medicine show guy. And he went around selling like some kind of laxative. Elixir? Laxative? (laughs) Okay. Hey, you know, when when you need a laxative, you need a laxative. Um, But yeah, he did medicine shows. Oh, how interesting and odd. What a weird... uh, She sent me pictures of... She still has one of the bottles. Oh, And the box that it came in, and it it has really sketchy ingredients in it. I don't remember. And then there was like a calendar poster that you could get. Okay. So these... they, They sold merch. They as, merch, as well as the medicine. So that's really cool. I'll put it on the Patreon. Edit. Yeah, I can't wait to edit the videos of the uh, Yes, of the medicine shows. shows. Yeah. It's, she exciting. goes to so many of them. Cool. So cool. Love it. June 5th, 1935. We ironed and I made a burnt sugar filling for a pie this morning. After dinner, Francis and I went to Lucille's. Maxine Slinkard came. She and I did the dishes while Francis and Lucille baked a cake. Cleaned up, and Francis and Helen and I went to town. I mailed my picture to Rex, Aunt Ella, and Francis Peewee Rowell. Came home and read, had to go to Hopkins after some butter. Ate supper. Bob was supposed to come at 7.30. He wasn't here at 8. Francis and I started to the telephone office to phone Glenn Allen about Daddy. Unc picked us up and took us. After we had visited Maxine a few minutes, we went to the ice cream social given by the Young Americans Club at the courthouse. Bob came. We ate ice cream and shivered. 
We all went riding and Frances drove. She got us in a ditch, and we finally had to get a wrecker to get us out. <laughs> These girls. Frances, making women drivers look bad. <laughs> <laughs> driving into a ditch. But a burnt sugar filling. What is that, do you think? I th- it's just like a, a burnt uh, like sugar. A, yeah. Like, for the inside of a pie. Yeah, but I wonder what kind of pie. I want that pie. I do too, yeah. because burnt sugar, well, you I know, brown it. sugar has yeah, so much like, good flavor. Mm-hmm. I know. And then they Creme made brulee. a cake. So they're just, yeah. they love their desserts. Yeah, yeah. And they're good at cooking them. I love how she mailed a picture to Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Still Rex hanging on to Rex and Pee Wee. Yeah, again, Pee-wee's what back a great in Monticello. Yes, what a great correspondent she is. Yeah, I love that. Right. Bob was late, so I don't know what he has to be upset about now. Bob. I love they ate ice cream and shivered. I know what a cute description. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it when she mm-hmm. adds those little nuggets yeah. in there. But we're going to meet Miss Maxine Slinkard, and she's a fun one to meet because she'll be a dear friend of Elizabeth. I guess for the rest of their lives. I think so. She was born in August of 1917. Her dad died in 1921 when she was only four years old. And I found his death certificate and it was caused by alcoholism. Okay. And that's really sad because it makes me think the first four years of her life... Yeah, weren't, weren't safe, good. right? Yeah. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. had volatility, which is so scary. But just a year after uh, he dies, her mother will remarry a man named Ray Cobb. And they never have any other children, so it's just the one stepchild on the records. And Ray is a poultry feed salesman, but that marriage doesn't last either. And sometime before 1950, Maxine's mom gets a divorce. So again, that's mm-hmm. a lot for a young mm-hmm girl to have to go through. Maxine does a lot better in the love business. She gets married in 1938, so in just a couple of years, to a man named Wesley Lair. And they move to Sykeston, Missouri, own a furniture store, and have two daughters. And we have a picture of Maxine, and it happens to be with our very own Elizabeth. It does. We Did we find that picture on Ancestry? Yes. Isn't but, that interesting? Yeah, it had existed in the family, though. Oh, it had. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise picture to the family. And we had have the entry when that picture was taken. It will be coming up in a future uh, episode. So I think that's the minute I read it, Maxine and I went to the college and took our picture. I was like, we have it. Wow. Okay. We have that picture. We sure do. Yes. So y'all will get to see it now. Um, And I'm so excited to get my hands on this banner press because in Bell, when I first started reading it, it had one editor and then the Gallagher family bought it and they changed it and added along Main Street, but added a lot of really good features. And now the Banner Press editor has just died. On this day, on June 5th, 1935, Franklin Wiggs, editor of the Marble Hill Banner Press and formerly the editor of the Charleston Star, which he founded in 1900 and edited for four years, died at his home at Marble Hill Friday night. So now they're going to be looking for a new editor for the paper. Those are the papers I'm going to get. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see new life. Right. Because this man was 78 running the paper. Maybe someone younger with Mm -hmm. newer ideas will come in and That'll change it like Mr. Gallagher see. did. I did not know there was a Charleston, Missouri. But then is that again, what that means? There is a Charleston, Missouri. Huh? Yeah. It's not far because I did see when I was looking up newspaper things mm-hmm. that Marble Hill and Charleston play sporting oh. events. Not our oh. Charleston. No, I know. Yeah. Play sporting events yeah. against each other. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Pretty neat. June 7th, 1935. After dinner, Bob came by. I went out to the farm with him to get butter and eggs. His stepmother and father showed me the garden, petted the dogs and a horse. He gave me some celery and cabbage plants. We went back and delivered the butter. 
June 8, 1935. After supper, Bob came by to take me to the dance, stayed a while, then went to the drugstore. I thought we were never going to leave, and when we finally got up to the hall, the dance had started. There was a nice crowd there. At intermission, we went to brownies. Bob got mad when I said I had to come home. He just quarreled all the way. He's going to stay at the farm next week and doesn't want me to date anyone. Bye, Bob. Okay, yeah, Bob Bob got to go. Bob's <laughs> yeah. not going to go yet. See ya. But, yeah, God, right. what a jerk. Yeah. She has to go home. Right. I mean, she maybe she has right. a curfew. I don't think she has a curfew. She stays out awfully late yeah. on some nights. But, I mean, come on, Bob. Just take the lady home. <laughs> I, w- I wish she talks about going to Brownies. Yeah. She talks about going to a place called Allen's. Soon we're going to find another place where she hangs out. I just wish I knew where all these places were. We might know. We might know because, because we know people who live in Marble Hill. <laughs> we know. But they might not be old enough to remember those. But maybe they'd have, because your know. mom, your grandmother didn't talk about things. Yeah, but. But they might still be around. Yeah, they might still be around. And I think my mom might be, a, and my aunt might be a source for um, some pretty detailed Marble Hill Oh, good, 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 good. Because what I would love to do is call your mom and Aunt Carolyn. And just because I have several questions about places that she goes. Yes, do that. And and I think that would be. Do that. And we could throw dot them in. Yes. You know, along the way. So I think they are a font of information. Uh, Yes. Maybe sometime this week um, Mm -hmm. I can reach out to the lovely ladies. Good. June 11th, 1935. When the work was done, I read this morning. Lucille came over and sat in our room a while with us. I washed my hair, and when Frances came from town, she said it. After dinner, Lucille came by for us, and we went to Maxine's with her. We got some stuff to make sandwiches for the Young American Club party. We made them at Maxine's. Bob came after supper and brought Mary Ellen. She went up to the gym with us while Frances and Unc quarreled. The party was at the college gym. We had a pretty good time, I guess. There wasn't very good music. Two portables and a radio, but none were very good. We walked home afterwards. What's a portable? I think it's like a a record a player? boom box. Well, you- <laughs> I mean, what we would know. Uh, probably a record player, yeah. I, I mean, guess, maybe. Two por- yeah. That way they could, A portable you know, record player. Yeah, I I'll bet so. it was. And a radio, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad. That the, the, but there seemed to be a lot of dances yeah. in this town. Huh. That's different from that's the different. other... There weren't a lot of dances that she went to uh-huh. in Bell. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> but Francis and Uncle quarreling. Maybe because Francis is also dating a guy named Ray. So <laughs> that, you know, another Ray in her life. Yeah. June 14th, 1935. Bob took Francis and me to Lutesville and we got some butter. We came back by Allen's and got a Coke, sat in front of the house. He came back after supper, took Francis with us and rode around a while, stopped uptown. Unc came around. We all talked. Bob got mad because I sat on Unc's lap. A silly thing I should not have done. I don't like the way Bob treats me. We quarreled. I told him I couldn't be with him. Well, good. Feisty. She is feisty, but she also should... I mean, I don't like to tell women what they can do and cannot do, but Unc is her sister's boyfriend. Uh-huh. Why is she sitting on his lap? Maybe it was I don't just know. fun. I, mean, I think she was just being silly and playful. Yeah. And, and, and besides, being Francis's boyfriend, she probably thinks of him as a friend and a big brother. Mm-hmm. And, but, but she Bob says she mad. shouldn't have done it. So. Well, because he 
Bob because probably made mad? her feel bad I for see. doing something very Aww. innocent. Yeah. That's what I don't like. That's why yeah. I don't like Bob. Go away, Bob. Yeah, God, Bob. <laughs> F- off. <laughs> <laughs> but, geez. June 15th, 1935. What did I do this morning? Oh, yeah. I baked a spice cake after cleaning up the house. After dinner, I read and rested. Francis curled my hair and polished my nails. After supper, we were ready for the dance, so we went over to Lucille's until Walt came. Ward brought Bob. We went and got Glenda. Rode around until dance time. Bob and I walked from the gym, where they had it, and got Francis. There weren't many there. The floor wasn't any too good either. Bob and I walked up to the college at intermission. We danced one dance. He brought me home. Boy, we certainly quarreled. I told him I didn't want to see him for quite a while. Okay, the day before, she said, I told him I couldn't be with him. She's with him, and now she's like, let's take a break. How about (laughs) let's take a break forever? But we'll see what happens with that. Hi, I'm Liberty from Williamson, Michigan, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. June 18th, 1935. Got a letter from Bob today. He didn't like it because I told Ray and Lucille about our quarrel. All right, Bob. So in last week's episode, we met Ray because he's one of Francis's boyfriends. So she's dating Ray and Unc. Lucille lives across the street. She's dating Walt. So that's kind of the dynamics. Okay. I may, remember that time okay. I made that little friendship yes, tree? Do. I'm making another one. Good. Because we need to kind of clear up yeah. you know, what's going on. Patreon's doing a really cool thing right now yeah. where you can have a free membership. Okay. And you only get things if I designate them as for everyone. Interesting. So what I'm starting, we have like five or six free members right now, which is great. And I'm going to start taking at least one picture from our gallery and making it for everyone. Yes. So that would be a real good one to share. Yeah. But I did like a picture of Billy because everyone should get to gaze upon handsome Billy. And then I did your grandmother's high school ring. Because I thought that'd be fun for everyone to see. And if those people decide later they want to see more, they can join. And if not, there. there is a free level on our Patreon. I so that. I didn't either. Patreon did it. Okay. And then people started signing up. So I thought, well, let's, you know, sure. the, the fact that they're showing interest in us at all, mm-hmm. I'm happy to share something with them. Totally. So I think that's really, really cool. Love it. June 19th, 1935. After dinner, we had a lot of dishes because mother is canning. After daddy got home, we went to the ball game, talked to a bunch of kids. L.H. went with us to watch the paper come off the press. We went and got a popsicle. 
L.H. and Jack walked home with us. We stopped at the schoolhouse. We slid down the slide, rode the merry-go-round, and sang. We really acted like a bunch of two-year-olds. Aw, once again, the movie's writing itself. It is. What a cute little way to hang out. And this is the first time she's hanging out with Jack. Okay. And what I have figured out is the Topkins, Brother Hopkins, could either be Jack or Charles. Ah. This must be Jack. Okay. So this is Jack Hopkins. He is born in 1914 in Marble Hill. He's part of that big Hopkins family. And we're going to keep an eye on this guy for a while, because okay. just like Bob, he's sticking around for and like another guy coming up soon. And we have a picture of Jack. So I will be sharing that on our Patreon. Um, cool. Of course, if you have a name like LH, I can't find you until maybe okay. I get the banner press. Oh, I, maybe right. once that... I get my hands on that, because... I love how they went to watch the paper come off the press. And this is right after that editor has died. So I wonder who's running the paper right now, who's Mm -hmm. working at the paper. So I think this is a fun Mm -hmm. little moment. And Mm -hmm. we know where the paper is in Marble Hill Mm -hmm. because your parents know, your mom knows. Yes. So, yeah, she. I mean, I guess it's no spoiler that. I don't think so. That. Elizabeth will end up eventually settling in Marble yeah. Hill, but don't get too comfortable with that idea right now, right. because there are things coming up in the diary that you are not expecting. Right. So, but she will eventually, you know, Marble Hill will be home for her children. Let's put Correct. it that way. Yes. There you go. June 24th, 1935. We had a telephone put in today. Daddy left the car here. Francis and I had to go to town. We went to the ball game. Ray sat with us. After supper, he came over. We were sitting in front of the house. Jack and Juanita Caldwell walked by. So Jack's got a girlfriend, even though last night he was sliding down slides and running around a park with with Elizabeth Elizabeth and Uh L.H. But Juanita Juanita. was born in 1917, and she will not marry this young man walking her home because in 1938, she will marry a man named Max Minner, and they will move to Cape Girardeau, and he's an engineer, but their marriage doesn't last. Sometime in the 1940s, they get a divorce. Max remarries and moves to Florida, and Juanita remarries at some point, too, to another Jack, Jack Oliver, and they moved to California. So the two former lovers could not get further away from each other <laughs> yeah. in this country. <laughs> and I can't find anything from Juanita after the 1950 census, so I don't know if she had children mm-hmm. or what happened in her life, but she died in 1999. Okay. I always feel sorry for the people who die in 99. Right they probably thought, edge. I just want to see the year 2000. <laughs> but maybe she partied like it was 1999. There you go. I think it's interesting that they had a telephone put in, too. Do you, are you old enough to remember the days when the phone came with the house? Like, you didn't no. go out and buy your own yeah. phone. You couldn't get, like, a Garfield phone. Right. I, I could remember it, it because... It was part of the house. Yeah. I mean, it was just When we moved there. when I was five years old, yeah. I remember seeing the room all empty and the phone just sitting on the floor huh. and thinking, we're forgetting the phone. And they're right. like, no, there'll be a phone where we go. Yeah. And you didn't get to pick. Right. Until... We moved in the 1970s because mom picked gold and green phones because she did the Williamsburg 70s gold and green house. Okay. Uh (laughs) We had a gold oven and refrigerator. Really? Oh, heck yeah. All right. And you know what's funny? 
this is off the well it's fine we moved into that house in the in 1975 mm-hmm. and we moved out when i was a sophomore in high school we'd lived there 11 years okay. exactly 11 years later the people who bought it from us sold it back to us oh and i was i loved that house it, to this day if i dream I'm at that house. Mm-hmm. It's it just means so much to me. But we went back into the house, and the exact same kitchen appliances were still there. <laughs> the gold oven, and it was a double oven, and the refrigerator. Wow! And I remember just crying because I was like, "It's yeah. just like we left it." Aww. It was. Uh, this is the house over here where where you did on the, the on the creek. Yeah, on Rudamuckle. It's behind the Moultrie Shopping Center. Where you did all of the, um, where you sold everything. I mean, is that, was that the house where we bought the quilts? Oh, and, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. This was a house on deep water. We had a dock and a swimming pool. The one pool. right here at yeah. the end of that. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh Sorry, my God, it was lovely. But what's even funnier is that 11 years later, my brother, who was the one who bought it, sold it again. Oh. So you can, you're can you only allowed to live in that house for 11, 11 years. Because <laughs> right. we built it from scratch. So right. there's, there are term limits on the house. But anyway, that was off the rails. But I love that story and I just wanted to share it. Okay, here we go. June 28th, 1935. I don't know what was wrong with me this morning, but my stomach just hurt until I had to go right back to bed where I stayed all morning. Pieced on my quilt after dinner, cleaned up and went to town with Francis and mother. Francis, Helen, and I went and got Wilma. We were going to take her to the ball game, but there wasn't any. Her foot is scalded, and she hasn't been able to go anywhere. We just rode around, listened to some broadcasts, came home and walked down to Allen's. Cletus and Ivan came in there and asked us all to go riding. I was with Cletus. They are both such nice boys. I wrote to Bob this afternoon. He won't be home for two weeks. Girlfriend boy crazy. Well, I hope Bob doesn't hear about Cletus. Seriously, and he'll Ivan. come back in two weeks and be mad at her again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't like Bob, but Cletus and Ivan. So there were two Cletuses in town, but only one Ivan. Ivan was Ivan Bidewell, and one of the Cletuses was a Bidewell. So I fi- they were cousins. Okay. So I figured of the two Cletuses, it's more Probably likely that, that it's this guy. Mm-hmm. He's older than Elizabeth by nine years. He was oh. born in 1906, oh. and he was a teacher at the high school when he's talking to Francis and Elizabeth and Wilma. But none of these women will become his sweet, sweet bride because he ends up marrying Hattie Harrell of Haiti, Missouri. Of course, Hattie Harrell of Haiti. <laughs> I mean... There's a Haiti, Missouri, and there's a Cuba, Missouri. Oh. I, okay. I don't know what the connection is, but that's fine. Anyway, uh. he married marries Haiti in 1938, and he leaves teaching behind and becomes a highway patrolman. So basically, his job has not changed. He's just yeah, monitoring a group right, of people right. and who are constantly breaking rules. Yeah. Um, but Cletus ends up becoming a special agent for the FBI. All right now. And he worked for them from 1943 to 1973. Yeah. So that's right during the Red Scare and the McCarthyism yeah. and the communism cool. and, what, and what ran Billy out of this country, probably. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Cletus, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He died in 1994, leaving behind his lovely wife wife and two children, and they said in his obituary that his body was donated to science. Okay, I good. don't know why they wanted to tell us that, well, but I guess they were proud of that. Sure. I've often thought of doing that as well, mm-hmm. but then I know what med students, like how they joke around with their cadavers. Oh, by that point, what the who hell? Care? I guess who cares? <laughs> if, if anything, I, oh, pfft. 
if anything that I have can make someone else's life better, yeah. they can have yeah, it. Yeah, as long as I'm gone. It, yeah, as long as Like, give me 10 minutes to be gone. <laughs> And then do what you will. I think when you're gone, you're gone. I don't think yeah. you need 10 minutes. I don't think it's like, uh, oh. I don't know about that. Like, look around. Why? What makes brain. you say that? Uh, oh, mm, really? You mm, think? Mm-hmm. All right, 10 minutes. We'll give yeah, you 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then go to town. <laughs> I did find this uh, in the newspaper from Bloomfield, Missouri, in the summer of 1935. It said, Cletus Bidewell of Marble Hill and a member of the faculty at Sykeston High School recently visited a few days in the home of his aunt, Miss H.W. Hobbs in Bloomfield. So Cletus made the, uh, some social column uh-huh. at some point. So that's always fun. And then we're going to meet Ivan. Mm-hmm. He was actually George Ivan Bidewell. He was born in 1910. And he will get married just one year from this entry to someone we're going to meet. Oh. So I'm going to wait and leave that as a little surprise okay. for you. But Ivan was six feet tall with blonde hair and blue eyes. We have a picture of him. He's very nice looking. When he registered for the draft in World War II, he was working for the highway department, I guess, like Cletus, right? Yeah. And then he'll actually end up becoming an educator and an athletic coach. So he and Cletus flipped jobs. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ivan lives to be 102 years old. Yay. In his obituary, it called him a lover of books, golf, birds, and a seeker of knowledge. Aww. What? That's Love a lovely. Me some Ivan. I do too. His wife will die 10 years before him. So while he's in his 90s, he gets a girlfriend, and her name is Evelyn, and she's mentioned in the obituary as well. Oh, good. As his companion. Okay. So they were together I for each that. other, which was very nice. Sure. The, oh, I saw this in, in a newspaper happening on this day, and I wonder if this caught Elizabeth's eye and made her go, uh-huh. Okay. On Monday morning, June 24th, George Ward of Crub loaded his truck with 18 of his neighbors and friends and drove to Marble Hill for a berry hunt near there. Driving east of Marble Hill a short distance, they bought a patch of berries of 90 acres. The 18 pickers got a total of 75 gallons at quitting time, Mrs. Katie Graham and her two daughters being the champions with 17 gallons. At the noon hour, a large can of ice cream, which they had along, was served, as well as a nice picnic dinner. They arrived in Marble Hill about 6 p.m. The owners of the berry patches told the berry pickers the berries were going to waste. So they had to pick them. So these people came from out of town uh-huh. with 18 of their neighbors to go pick free berries. Uh-huh. Well, they bought the patch. God knows what that costs. And they got right. 75 gallons of berries. And I yeah. wonder if Elizabeth thought better them than me. Yeah. She I'll would be like, those did. berries can just go to I waste. I don't want to pick another berry in my <laughs> yeah. life, she says. As yeah. soon as I saw that, I thought, wow. I know she read that yeah, and went, right? oh, God. Berry picking. Berry picking. Mm. And then never spoke of it again. Right. I wonder if she and Francis talked about it. She, I wonder if they did. I, I often think, because mm. you know, when you think about the homes that they lived in, I'm sure Francis and Elizabeth shared a room. Dean and Helen shared a room. Uh-huh. They, they're they up at night talking. Yeah. Like, c- can you imagine where we were a exactly. year ago? But yeah. other than that, they didn't talk about it. I bet they did talk about it to, amongst themselves. They had to. That's a to. great question. They had to. God, to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. June 29th, 1935. Went to town with Lucille early this morning. She fixed my hair up on curlers. Then I helped clean the house real well. 
After dinner, I ironed some things. Daddy came home early, and we girls went riding into town. Came home and sat on the porch with Lucille and Mex Marlowe. Francis and I went to Lutesville. After supper, I bathed and went riding with the family. Francis and I got out at Allen's, sat around and talked. We walked home very slowly. <laughs> I love that. A slow stroll, mm-hmm. just the sisters. Here we were just talking mm-hmm. about them, talking right, about things. Right, uh, and there they are. And I can't find this Mex Marlowe, and I looked back, and it looks it's like an Max. E. It does. It has the swoop instead of the whoop. So it goes like, huh? The Instead twins of, will know this answer. Oh, they will? Yeah, they, I've heard that name. You have? Mm-hmm. It's Max Marlowe? I don't know if it's Max. I mean, I think it You've is. You've heard this name? In what context? I can't remember. These are all, Oh, yeah. oh. Talk, to, talk to the twins. We're going to have to do a whole right. new interview with the twins. They know oh, this person. Oh, love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we have a June wrap-up. June wrap-up, 1935. I've been with Bob 15 times, Jack once, Ray once, and L.H. once, and Cletus once, which makes 19 the total for this month. I like Marble Hill fine, (laughs) and I'm so thankful for our home and furniture. And boys. Yeah, seriously. So wait a minute. She also went out with Ray once. Yes. So maybe... Uh, after Francis dumped yeah, him or before he went out just, with Francis. This is so weird when sisters date the same people, but your sister, your mom and sister dated the same people sometimes. Ooh, uh, that's true. One person I know of for sure. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because dating was so naive and innocent. Who but cares? Also, You're going to a movie. It's not, I mean, a date could also be walking down the street. Absolutely. Think, and just know, getting a Coke together. Swinging in a hammock. Yes. Getting a yes, Coke together so at, the, certainly at the drug store. So right. innocent. Yeah. Not like the way I dated. (laughs) (laughs) We don't... Yeah. Do we want to go there? Let's go there. No. No. Moving on. Okay. July 4th, 1935. Made potato salad, sandwiches, and potato chips for dinner. All of us got ready and Ray came by. I went with Francis and him. We all went to Moccasin Hole. Of course, I didn't learn anything about swimming. The water was grand. We had supper, and a good time was had by all. We all rested and dressed to go to the dance. Bill Teeters gave me such a rush. He's so cute and a good dancer. I like him. This list is getting so long. It is. Well, um, the Bill, boy list. Yes, it is. Oh, this t-shirt, I know. <laughs> but Bill does give her a rush, and we have a picture of him. Oh. He's very handsome, and he is definitely going to be sticking around a while. Okay. I do not know what Bob is going to think about that, or Jack, <laughs> or Ray, or Cletus, or whoever else she's hanging out with. But Bill is also a little older. He was born in February of 1911, and he delivered newspapers in town to make a little extra cash. He was going to college to study education and to become a high school teacher. I think we're seeing a Henley Tommy situation yeah. coming yeah, yeah. up here real quick. Spoiler! But I love that I have so many pictures for you guys this Bill? This episode. We have Bill. We I think I have Bob. Yeah, I, I do have Bob. I have Jack. Somebody else I had a picture of. Mm-hmm. Ivan. So yeah, okay. we got a lot of good pictures coming Excellent. up. July 6th, 1935. After supper, we went marketing to Lutesville. Went to the medicine show, looked all over for tomatoes. We were aided by Jack, Grace, and John. Went back and talked to those kids some more. I have a date with Jack tomorrow to go swimming. Saw Bill, 
but couldn't catch his eye. <laughs> yeah, here she goes. Yeah, got to have two at a time. You got to play like it safe. It's like a pinball machine. It's <laughs> point, point, point. <laughs> it's exactly true. So there's Jack. That's wonderful. And then John and Grace. So John is John DeWitt. And he was one of six children, but the only son of Ralph and Della DeWitt. Ralph, his dad was an attorney and a judge in town. He will die suddenly of a heart attack in 1949. But when we meet John in this census, he's working at Hopkins. So he works for Jack's dad, and I'm assuming Jack works there too. So they're work friends and they're best friends. Okay. And that's really cool. Jack John DeWitt will end up being an accountant when he gets older, and he and Grace will end up getting married. They'll have two daughters and a son, and eventually they will move to Memphis, and he will die in 1981. Grace was actually, his bride-to-be was actually Viola Grace Welker, and I have a picture of her, also another pretty, a lot of pretty-looking people mm-hmm. in Marble Hill. She was born in 1919, and her dad was the superintendent of schools. So his dad's a big time judge. Her dad's the superintendent of schools. Well, I'm sure they were thrilled that these kids had made a love connection. And I don't really know much about her. But after her husband dies in 1981, she will remarry an engineer by the name of John Christmas. Not like the season or the holiday, but Christmas. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I have a picture of John and he's real handsome. And I don't know when they get married or whatever, but he dies in 2001 and Grace dies in 2014 at the age of 95. Love Grace. So bless her heart, though, she had to lose two sweet, sweet husbands. So you know, I feel sorry for her. When Elizabeth died in 1969, my mother flew out uh, to Memphis where Grace picked her up. Oh, really? And brought her, yeah. Oh, I love So Grace that, picked her up at the airport. Oh, I love that Grace and Elizabeth stayed, well, Elizabeth stayed friends with everybody. Right. Really. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless her heart. Your poor mom. That's a mm-hmm. long drive. Yes. Drove. Long, from, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. July 7th, 1935. Jack, John, and Grace came by and went to the creek. Walked around the creek trying to find a place to go in. Finally went to Bluff Hole. It's a swell place and made me want to swim more than ever. After supper, went to Lutesville with Jack, John, and Grace. Got ice cream at Allen's and took it out to the graveyard to eat it. Went to the park and the lights burned out. The car wouldn't start. We were walking home when Ray and Francis came along. They took us back with the aid of a flashlight, got the car fixed. What a day. But also, I don't even think I mentioned, on July 4th, they went to a swimming Mm -hmm. hole called Moccasin Hole. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think no. that's a clear do not swim yeah, here don't sign. don't do that. Yeah, you don't Moccasin name hole. it like deadly snake yeah, hole right. and then say, let's go there and <laughs> yeah. go swimming. Yeah. But I, this is another thing I want to talk to your mom about. Where's Moccasin Hole? Yeah, Where's Bluff I mean, Hole? Yeah. I think that's... Interesting. Uh, we'll have to we'll There, have to there are lots of these holes mm-hmm. where they go swimming. So I'm really curious where they came from. But what a disaster. The lights burned out at the park. The car wouldn't start. I know. Sounds like the start of a horror movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank God Ray and Francis came along. Yeah. But... I looked up the graveyard because I thought, yeah. you know, we have, we're in Charleston. There are lots of beautiful cemeteries and graveyards around here. And the Marble Hill Cemetery is the town's first official public cemetery. And it's additionally one of the first public cemeteries founded in the entirety of Bollinger County. 
Among its stones, you can see multiple generations of people who lived in Marble Hill. The first suspected burials took place as early as 1851, when many settlers heading west were in the area. Several families paused in the area before continuing their trek further into the vastly unknown region of America. The markers for these settlers who died in the area were made of wood and have not stood the test of time. However, the earliest dated markers made of stone go back to 1854. The cemetery was not made an official burial burial ground for the public until 1859, and then it's been expanded twice in its history. But the notable features of the Marble Hill Cemetery is the sheer amount of veterans spanning different generations buried inside its grounds. There are veterans from every war all the way back to the Civil War. Many of these veterans are relatives as well. So what a patriotic town. Yeah, sounds like it. I have all these veterans. But I thought that was neat. Yeah. I found a website about Marble Hill that has all these like important places in Marble Hill. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to add one to each okay. po- podcast. Sure. And so and that, that was, was the, today's love it. their cemetery. Right. Actually, there is a big difference between a graveyard and a cemetery. Oh, yeah? Do you know what it is? No, I have no clue. A graveyard is connected to a church, but oh. a cemetery is just out on its, its own. own. So like Magnolia Cemetery yes. here in Charleston. No There's church, no church. But St. Philip's Graveyard. Graveyard is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Isn't that fun? That is fun. I used to give ghost tours. Yeah, so I, I know ghost facts and Love graveyards it. are ghost facts. Yeah. <laughs> July 8th, 1935. Frances and I went to Lutesville to take her shoes to be fixed. Ward and Webb followed us, asked me for dates. I accepted. Came home and Ted came by, made a date for a picnic tomorrow night. Ward came, and I went to the medicine show with him. Bill came up and talked to me. He's so cute. Why are there so many boys? They are, I mean, they're like it's swarming. It's like she's honey, and they're bees, and they're just <laughs> coming on in at her. What the? That's a lot of attention for <laughs> yes. a pretty young girl to get. Yeah. So there's Bill. Mm-hmm. We, Yeah, so there's Bill. Ted. Where'd Ted come from? <laughs> Ward and Webb. Oh, my Lord. Who's asking who for dates? But of course... Whoa. She went to the wet medicine show with Ward, so of course I couldn't find him. But I did find Webb, who went out with Francis. He was born in 1913, and in 1940, he marries a woman named Maxine Cato. He's drafted into World War II in 1943, and he serves until 1946. He came back and was a school teacher and became the superintendent of schools. They had two children, a son and a daughter, and he died of a heart attack in 1958. So young. Mm. Well, don't worry about Maxine. She had a job. She was a third grade teacher, and she will find love again in the arms of a man named Leon Schell. I don't know when they got married because I don't have those records, but he died in 1994. So the poor thing lost two husbands, Mm. and she lived to be the age of 93. And died in 2012. Wow. God, so close. (laughs) And right now, Ted is a mystery to me. But I know, because I've read ahead. Yes. I know that I find Ted. Oh. But I find Ted in the most weird way. So I'm going to let y'all go on this journey with me of like, who the hell is Ted? Yeah. Because you go start looking for someone named Ted. That's obviously a nickname. mm -hmm. What do you think that would be short for? Teddy. Or Theodore. Theodore. Or maybe sometimes Edward, if you're going to stretch it. You know, there's Ted, Ed, you know, whatever. Just wait. (laughs) Um, Wait till you find out this man's name. It just makes you want to pull your hair out. It's like Bartholomew. Right. It's it's, it's ridiculous. But 
because of Elizabeth, I will find out. So okay. we'll get there eventually. Okay. I don't think we get there this year, right. but we'll get there eventually. Okay. July 9th, 1935. We made sandwiches over at Lucille's. Walt and Ray came by, and we went to Bluff Hole. Went in swimming, but it was cold. Ted came after we got out, sat on the bank. We all sang. The moon was swell. Had a good time. So just to keep everything straight, Walt is with Lucille, Ray is with Francis, mm-hmm. Ted's trying to be with Elizabeth. So yeah, I've got to do this friend tree. But yeah, this is another scene. Yeah. Writing right. itself. Also, a little fun fact uh-huh. is exactly four years later, on July 9th, Elizabeth was in labor. That's right. <laughs> oh, isn't that so fun? Four, yeah. I love that we can see, what, and she has future. no, she, she has, has no, no idea what her future will be. She, she we do, we do. Oh gosh, isn't that? I love that. That's I my know. favorite part of this whole project. Yeah. July tenth, nineteen thirty-five. Bill and Matt came by and took us to Bluff Hole. Some people came out there, so we went to Moccasin Hole, but it was full. So we went to Bear Hole and went swimming. Bill tried to teach me. We got some wieners, marshmallows, and bread, took them out to the creek, and had a roast. Had a good time. He's so cute. So, who is it? Is it Bill? Bill? Is it Ted? Or is it Jack? Because right now, where's Jack? We haven't seen Jack for a while. No. So, it's been like a week or so, and she's totally moving on Uh to cute little Bill. Anyway, she's got a lot going on right now. July 11th, 1935. Wilma phoned and wanted to know if we would go on a picnic with them. Saw Jack at the store, said he'd go. Kay came by and wait, we waited on Jack. Went to Moccasin Hole. After a good dip, we had ice cream, lemonade, and cookies. Jack and I sat in Bud's car. We listened to string music, which was wonderful. I had a good time. I hope Jack did. I think he did. Hmm. So Jack's, as soon as I say, where's Jack? He's back in the picture. Seriously. Not too much to find about Wilma. She was born in 1916 in Lutesville, And in 1940, she marries a doctor named Quincy Johnson. And they move to Louisiana, Missouri. <laughs> Again. Okay. So now we have Cuba, Haiti, Haiti Cuba. and Louisiana, Missouri. Okay, Missouri. And Charleston. Yeah, and Charleston. Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. They had two children, Quincy Johnson III and another son named Mariette. And that's a boy. Mariette. Okay. So that, I mean, that name will get you butt kicked on the playground. <laughs> right. But it's a family name. I'm sure that's lovely. Why am I having a huge deja vu? Are you? Have Maybe. I already told this story? No. I don't think so. Maybe I just thought that when I typed it. That's how my brain works. Welcome to Liz's brain. Wilma dies in 1999 and her husband dies two years later. July 16th, 1935. Cleaned up and went to town. Jack walked me to the post office. After supper, Francis and I got Mary Ellen and went to the ball game. Bill talked to us. We went to Lutesville. Jack followed us home and asked me to go swimming. He, John, and Grace took me to Moccasin Hole. There was a big snake hung in the tree. We didn't stay long. Came to town and got some jelly rolls. Jack and I went riding. 
no. Okay, yes. I mean, <laughs> they tried to tell you yeah, moccasin, moccasin hole, hole, and then the big snake's like, hey, girl, <laughs> I, what did you expect? We I love it. stay we, long. <laughs> I would have said, I got the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I packed and moved away Ew. to get far away from tarantulas and snakes. Seriously? Oh, we did have someone reach yeah. out who lives in Texas okay. who knows about the tarantulas. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a common it's a occurrence for them. in the Midwest? If we were sitting here right now and a no, flipping... No. Yeah, no. Tarantula walked no. in that door. Yeah. Just burn the house down. Yes, I agree. Call the insurance company. Tarantula Say he's had no choice. Door. I'm infected. <laughs> walked in the door. Hi, I'm a tarantula. <laughs> and we'd be like, what? Get out. Out now. <laughs> if there's a roach, I'll take a bowl or a Tupperware and stick yeah. it on top of it because I just can't squish them. And then I know. I, well, so Rob has gross. to come in in the morning and, and sleep for Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we have a, a roach problem, for heaven's sakes. Well, but we if we do, you yeah. know, oh God, a praying mantis got in my house one really? day, and I thought I was going to lose my mind because they're so big <laughs> well, and so cool looking. But they're so delicate. Yeah. I, I just don't like they're squishing sticks. things. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> July 21st, 1935. Jack phoned and asked me to go swimming with him. I declined, and we had a round table discussion over the phone. Jack came over, and we just sat around, looked at my memory book. He wrote in it. Mary Ellen and Francis came and took us riding. Jack came home with me after supper. He came back and we sat on the porch. Bill passed, then came back and stopped. He talked a few minutes. We were all embarrassed. What were they embarrassed about? Because she's dating Bill. She's gone out with Bill. And and he probably drove by. Okay. Reverse, yeah, <laughs> and like, hey, y'all, oh. and they're like, oh, hi, oh. Bill. Oh, one of those. Awkward. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Gotcha. God. And since I have pictures of both of them, they're both equally cute. Bill and I would, Jack. Yeah, they're both adorable. I don't know how she'll decide between any of these boys. Bob is a jerk, but he's handsome. So, who's to say? Uh-huh. July twenty second, nineteen thirty five. After supper, Jack came by went to the double baseball game down at the park. It was really fun. You know, Diary, I believe I like Jack better than anyone I've gone with for a long time. I like him better than anyone since Bill in Bell. And that's a lot. Good for her. Yeah, Look at I that. But that. I love how she also calls him Bill and Bell. <laughs> Bill and Bell. At least she didn't call him back, back burner, burner Bill and Bell. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, so she really likes Jack. I think that's sweet. Doesn't slow her down, though. She's got other yeah. things going on. Yeah. She also really liked Tommy and Henley. Well, right. And Bill and True. Willard. Anyway, yeah. the list goes on. Juan. Let's go back to the <laughs> yeah, beginning. Yeah, all the way to Juan. The first date was yes. Juan. <laughs> July 23rd, 1935. Got a letter from Margaret in Bell, and she said Gladys, Mabel, and Bernice Abel had been in a wreck, and Bernice got killed. It was so terrible. Oh, no. I know. What? This is tragic. We know Gladys and Mabel. This Bernice, though, we didn't meet. We didn't? We met Bernice McQueen, who was the valedictorian, and Bernice Chambers. This Bernice is younger. Than oh, Elizabeth no. in the in the bell band, yeah. 
The Bell Banner said this community was stricken with grief last Saturday when it was reported that Miss Bernice Abel had met death by car accident and that the Bledsoe sisters were also badly hurt. Uh, we sympathize. Good Lord. And then there's a picture of her in the paper. It says Marie's County Girl Killed. Yes. She looks so much older. I'll, here, I'll show you her picture. I'll, How old was she? I think she was 16. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard. In this picture, she looks like a grown woman. But back then, because she has, it's just a photocopy of a newspaper. Right. Oh, no, she is. Miss Bernice Abel, 16, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. George Abel of Bell, Missouri, who died at 12 o'clock Saturday in a St. Louis hospital (sighs) after an automobile accident near St. Louis the night before in which four others were injured. Wow. I have her death certificate. She had a lot going on Mm. she she had hemorrhages she had concussions and her upper half was masqueraded which means burned oh bless her darling heart wasn't so wasn't it an able who came down to arkansas to pick them up to drive them back to bell you know what it god how do you remember that i don't know but you're right it was mrs abel yeah huh oh it must have been her mom mom. oh god that could have been the car <gasps> oh, oh, good. Well, poor okay. Bernice. Yeah, she spells her name Bernice like a niece and a nephew. Oh, she does. Is that how you normally spell I don't it? Because so. for some reason I that looks odd nice. to me. Right, but yeah, but usually. she spelled it Bernice. Well, good for her niece. Anyway, bless her sweetheart. Didn't live very long. July twenty sixth, nineteen thirty five. After supper, Francis and I were going to town when who should walk up but Mr. James Rowland, comma, Jack, rather, comma, Hopkins. We took Francis to Mary Ellen's and went to a show in Lutesville. I only have one comment to make about that. How do you get Jack from James? Yeah, that, Don't you get I Jack not... from John? And yeah. Jim from James or That's Jimmy? That's a great question. I don't know. How did James that happen? James became Jack. Yeah, isn't that weird? Maybe there was another James in the family, and they decided they mm -hmm. wanted—I don't know, Jim. Yeah. Anyway, we—that's Ted is going to have this issue. So did Bill Terrell because he was Robert Clay, and everybody called him Bill, Bill. like a bunch of idiots, (laughs) because it's Bob or Rob. Yeah, right. Anyway, you know how nicknames like that came about? No, I heard about this um, on—I don't know. On PBS. Mm-hmm. But like back in the day, there were only so many names. So there was so Richard, Elizabeth, yeah. Thomas. Yeah. So if there they were too many Richards, so he'd shorten Just it to him. Rick. And then there were too many Ricks, so you would shorten it to Dick. Okay. And that's how Dick came from Richard. Okay. Yeah, so that's oh, a, isn't that neat? Just evolution, natural evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how Edward would linguist. become Ed or Ted. Yeah, Because okay. you, you were just trying to yeah. rhyme it, you know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, kind of fun. July 28, 1935. Bill asked me for a date. He took us riding, walked home with us, just came up and asked me for a date. I hated to tell him no. We sat on the porch for a while. He's an interesting talker. So did she say no? Well. She says, I hated to tell right. him no in the way of like, I said yes because I right. hated to tell. Well, we'll find right. out. We'll find out. July 29, 1935. Jack came by and took us to Lutesville for some cookies and ice cream. Ray was here when we got back. We all went with Mary Ellen and Jean in his car. Helen had a surprise party. We stayed for refreshments. Walked down to the old schoolhouse. Gee, I like him a lot. I wish I didn't have a date with Bill on Thursday. <laughs> She's, she uh, can't keep her calendar yeah, empty. Oh, but here's a wrap-up. July wrap-up, 1935. 
Well, I've been with Jack 12 times, Bill 3, and Ted 1. Total of 16 dates this month. I like Jack a lot, and I think he likes me, a little bit at least. Bernice Abel was killed on the 20th. Poor girl, it was such a terrible death. She was so young. She's been with Jack 12 times and wonders if he likes her. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think after 12 dates, right. like, he likes you, Maybe little girl. So. Yeah, but anyway, that's where we're wrapping up this that one. That was fun. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com We'll finish up the summer and get into September. Uh It's so interesting now that Elizabeth doesn't have school to go to. I think that's one of the reasons why it's harder for me to learn the dynamics of town. Because once you're in school with people, you start meeting all their parents and and you kind of get like, oh, he's the grocer, he's the blacksmith, all that kind of stuff. It'll come. Yeah, but we are leaving Elizabeth in the throes of Bill, Jack, Ted. She's not mentioning Bob anymore. So maybe Bob finally got the heave-ho and she's just not even writing about him but she's keeping her plates in the air and if you want next week's episode at least the first 30 minutes of it right this minute to find out did she go out with bill on thursday or did she blow it off you can hop on our patreon right now and listen to that 30 minutes also all these great pictures i have will be on our patreon don't forget to rate and review blah 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 we say it all the time but again if everyone who downloaded this podcast gave it a rating we would explode and be popular yeah so yeah also our website I just want to plug our website absolutely you can find everything at mygrandmasdiaries.com we have our merch store we have links to the podcast we have links to get to know us a little bit better season one and season two three and a half hours of the video yes we we're really we know that sometimes y'all just want to listen to this as background noise and maybe not even get all the extra stuff that I'm adding so you can just play it while you're working at your computer but it's on the YouTube. Do you have like a bunch of pictures that scroll through it or is it just the one static? What do you mean? Like when it's the YouTube video, is it just like the static picture and then the audio? Oh no, it's all the videos from Facebook. Correct. I'm an idiot. Yeah, he took all the, and took out him saying, we're reading another entry from which had to be tedious work. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it was. And he compiled them so y'all can watch all the videos or just listen to them. It's all right there. So we have what we call season one and season two. Season one starts from the beginning and goes to Step Rock. Yes. 
That's correct. And From Monticello to Bell to Step Rock, then season two is Step Rock, and then season three, three picks up at Bell. Three is Bell. Right. Okay, good. And I actually think I did this wrong. We have five seasons. Oh. So Netflix. Netflix. We have five whole seasons we for you. five, not four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all of that is on mygrandmasdiaries.com. Links to everything. Go enjoy. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hi. This is Sabrina from Jackson, California, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries.